The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Jim Blassingame. He is the host of the Small Business Advocate radio show, a national radio show about small business. And he's just come out with a new book called The Age of the Customer. Welcome to the show, Jim. Hey, Jordan. How you doing? Great to be with you. Before we get into the book, just tell people... You know, you've been been a a very uh, important member of my brain trust for over 11 years. So uh, uh, I'm glad to be able to speak to your audience. Absolutely. Glad to do it. Um, so let's just start with a little bit of your background, so people who may not be familiar with you, can tell them the background and what you've done with your radio show and so on. Well, I've been in, I've been in the marketplace a long time, Jordan, as you know. I, I like to tell people that my hair, my gray hair is not premature. And uh, I, I've been uh, a good employee for a few decades, and I've owned my own business now for, for almost a quarter, over a quarter of a century. And for the last 16 years, I've been uh, I've been operating my my media company, which is and, and publishing company, which is which produces my my flagship brand, which is my radio show, like yours. And we've been doing that since '97. We've been broadcasting since '97. We've been simulcasting since '98. And so um, I do over a thousand live interviews every year. Like and I and like you, I, I do a lot of writing. I have a syndicated column and. Uh, uh, the new book that you mentioned is uh, is my third one, and so far the three of them have sold over 100, 120,000 copies. So uh, a lot of a lot of small business owners, as you know, a lot of people to help out there, and and uh, and you know I'm always I'm always looking forward to whatever opportunity I can to help others, especially small business owners. Yeah, a lot of small business owners don't really have an advocate, and, and you really have become their advocate over the years. So let's just talk about this book a little bit. What was the uh, reason you wanted to do this? And, and before we get into the content of it, what was the motivating factor in wanting to do the Age of the Customer book? Well, as I said, I've been around a long time. When you when you've seen as many as much of the marketplace as I have over the years, you uh, you realize when, whenever things change, you start. If you're smart, you start noticing it. You start paying attention. And so, obviously, um, in the last 20 years, we've, we've all been aff- affected by, the, uh, by technology, by the Internet, and that sort of thing. And so, a few years ago, a friend of mine, uh, Kirk Chaffetz, used the term post-advertising age with me. Think about that, post-advertising age. And this is a guy who made, who's made his living in advertising, and he was saying we were, we were leaving that age and going into something else. And he didn't, he didn't really give that something else a name. And that was probably six or seven years ago, and that really got me to thinking. And over the next few years, I started really focusing on not just post-advertising, but post-everything else. And so several years ago, probably about five years ago, I, I came up with the term, uh, the two terms, the age of the seller, and the age of the customer. And what I said was that, and I started, I started thinking about that, I started writing about it, and, uh, and, and talking to people about it, and, and seeing if, if others were, res- if it was resonating, my ideas were resonating with other people. As you know, Jordan, uh, guys like you and I, talking heads, we can't just report inside our head, we have to road test it on, on other people and see what they think. And I know you do that all the time. And so, so I started talking to folks, and, and it did resonate. And so, I, I, I love history, and I love thinking about the macro pictures of the marketplace. And so I, I attributed the first 10,000 years of the marketplace to what I call the age of the seller. And that's, that's the dominant paradigm, uh, Jordan, that you and I, that you and I grew up with. We, we were taught that, the, the, all the age of the seller practices. But when the Internet became available to everyone else, that's when, that was the beginning of the end of the age of the seller, and the birth of the age of the customer. And so 
And so I started thinking about that, those ideas, and then and then it just continued to to develop the uh, you know the, the meat and potatoes, so to speak, uh, uh, of all that, and 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 putting it into some ideas and some evidence, and and uh, and it became it became a lot of articles and some videos and many speeches, and now it's a book. So you say this is a paradigm shift that's really never happened before. Uh, why has there never been a, a shift like this before of, of such magnitude in the world of business? Well, that's an excellent question, and that's the, that's the essential question. Uh, you know, I talked about 10,000 years ago. I like to say that 10,000 years ago, uh, Og uh, and Gog, who used to fight each other for what they wanted, uh, one day Og said, why don't we just trade with each other instead of, instead of beating each other up? And Gog accepted that, and that's when, that's when markets were born. That's when the first trading happened, and I'm, I est- my estimate is that that was about 10,000 years ago. And so until the, from, that, from that moment until, until and really some, in some ways it's happening today, the, the marketplace was divided for those 10,000 years into three basic elements. The, I should say the relationship between a seller and a customer, between you, Jordan, and your customers, me and my customers, etc., the relationship that we have with these folks can be divided into three elements. The product or service, that's one. The buying decision, that's the second one. And the information, the third. And so what I've said is that for 10,000 years, the, the seller, the business, owned the product, and the customer owned the buying decision, but the seller owned the information. See, if, if you remember, Jordan... Uh, back when when you were a pup going out in the marketplace, uh, like me, you you were you were your customers' internet. Internet, remember that you, you brought them information they needed. They didn't have it if you didn't bring it to them. And so yes. we had the information. And so the point there is, two out of the three major elements in the relationship were controlled by the seller, and that's the reason I call that period the, the age of the seller. Well, in '93, when you and I were allowed to go on the internet for the first time. And have full access to the internet to not only put our not only visit websites but to put our own websites up and do other things and all the associated applications. And since then, you you know yourself that that uh, the information part has changed. That's the paradigm shift. The the dominant paradigm that schools taught and, and, and business schools taught and your your mentors from your first job on through. All of, all of that was based on the seller having control of the relationship, two-to-one ratio. Well, now that ratio is different. It's two-to-one, but now the customer has the buying decision and the information, and the seller only has really only has the product, and less and less of that. And so that's the paradigm shift right there, and going from the dominant 10,000-year-old paradigm to where that one's ending, and the new paradigm, the age of the customer, is, is beginning. Did the age of the seller only work for the seller, or was it good for consumers as well? It was good. No, no, it was uh, that, 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 uh, I call it a dance. Uh, Jordan, I call it a dance. I say that the dance between Og and Gog and, and all their, you know, all the, all the subsequent buyers and sellers, the, that that dance was, was conducted zillions of times in the last 10,000 years. And no, it was, it was good. There wasn't a bad thing about it. But as I said, the seller, by, because they control the information, that affected how they advertised, it affected how they marketed, it affected how they rolled out products, it affected how they dealt with customers, because they, could, they, had, they had that information. But now, um, with, with customers having access to not only product information, but evaluations, and, uh, and that sort of thing, that changes, it just changes everything and you know, uh, Jordan, if you remember the uh, the um, uh, where where uh, you told you 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 would uh, you would tell someone about a product, um, the uh, um, a testimonial, you mean, or something like testimonial that. Testimonial or something like yeah. that. You know, and or you, if you liked something, you'd tell someone. If you didn't like something, uh, uh, you you would uh, you know you would uh, you tell you tell ten people, right? That's the old that's the old model, right? And so, right. well, in, in, the, uh, in the age of the seller, the, the, that's the word-of-mouth model is what I was trying to say, the word-of-mouth model. Well, in the age of the seller, you tell one person if you liked it and ten people if you didn't like it. In the age of the customer, we now have something called UGC, user-generated content, which is in Yelp. Or how many times do you go buy something 
and you look at the at the at the appraisals, right? You look at the reviews to make a decision. Yes. Well, all of that information that you can now get on a product wasn't available 20 years ago, maybe not even 10 years ago. So you really had to depend upon what the company told you about their product. And today, though, you don't have to wait on that. In fact, research uh, studies now show, surveys show, that consumers, customers, by six to four, prefer or rely, I should say, more on your evaluation of a product than the company's evaluation of a product. So the company's credibility, to some extent, has been harmed because uh, people didn't have the actual experience they were seeing in advertising or in marketing material, and they'd much rather rely on what other customers' experiences were. Is that what you're saying? See, this is, your, your, your point is a good one, except that it doesn't have to be that way. And what you just said is the reason for the book. If you don't understand that you no longer are the sole owner of your brand message, that you actually have a co-owner, which is, which is anybody else, a customer or maybe even somebody you don't even know. If you don't realize that you have a co-owner and you continue to operate in the age of the seller, meaning you're not responding to the negative user-generated content, you're, you're still saying we have the best solid bar in town when other people are saying you don't, you know, you're not, you're, you think you can hide. If, if that's what you think, if that's the way you're behaving, then yes, your brand will be harmed. But if you understand that customers are now smart, smarter than they were, they're more informed than they were, they can get the information they need without you, if you understand that age of the customer truth, then you can start operating your business based on, based on that information. And, and what I say is in the age of the customer, there's nowhere for you to hide. Whatever you do, good or bad, it will be revealed by the co-owners of your brand. I would assume a lot of business owners would be threatened by that because they like to have control and they don't want to have other people's opinions affecting whether people buy from there's them no, or not. There's no question about it. No, you're exactly right. And when I give, when I give speeches on this, I can see furrowed brows. I can see sweat popping out on our foreheads. I've had people come up to me and have me autograph my book for them and they'd say, would you please hurry? You scared the heck out of me. I got to go back to my business and, 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 and fix some of this stuff because they realized that they've been operating in it with the notion that, uh, that their, their customers were just going to wait around for them to do, you know, to do the right thing. Maybe, maybe not. And so it's, it's, uh, and see what's happening here, Jordan, is businesses are not realizing even if it's even though it's been 20 years since the internet was was became available to everyone, even though it's been 20 years, businesses still don't realize that the shift's happening. But here's the interesting thing: customers are making the shift, but they're not even aware that they're doing it. And so you've got this, and this is why I talk about relevance and irrelevance. See what I say, Jordan, and we may be going to a break here in a second. We but are going to go to a break. Yeah. Is, that the greatest danger in the age of the customer, and this is one of the most important things, the greatest danger is not that you become uncompetitive, but that you become irrelevant. Okay, we're going to get into that more after the break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Jim Blassingame. He's the author of this new book that just came out called The Age of the Customer. He's also the host of the Small Business Advocate radio show, a national radio show. There is a website related to this book, which is ageofthecustomer.com. And Jim also has a website for his radio show, which is smallbusinessadvocate.com. We'll be back after this. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. If you want to know about investing in emerging and frontier markets, or if you have experience in this field but still need to know more, tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham. Gavin explores news, current trends, and insights about both categories of investing. His guest experts, along with his own knowledge, will help you stay above the line when it comes to growth potential, whether in funds or equities. He will look at what to invest in and avoid. 
Tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Jim Blassingame. He's the author of The Age of the Customer, which is a new book, and the host of the Small Business Advocate radio show. Welcome back to the show, Jim. Thanks, you. Thank you, Jordan. It's good to be back with you. So we were talking about what you call parallel universes, where there's a kind of a big shift going on between the age of the seller and the age of the consumer. It doesn't happen all at once, but kind of tell us what the next, say, 10 years or so is going to be about as the age of the consumer uh, becomes uh, prevalent. Well, and, and not, not to parse your words, but the reason I use the word customer instead of consumer is when people think of consumer, they think of the buying public. And, and this book is about all customers, which includes, uh, which includes nonprofits. I mean, everybody, as you know, everybody's got a customer. Even the government has customers. And so um, the thing that uh, the parallel universes the 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 idea for that is that the age of the of the seller is dwindling down and becoming and is going to go away the age of the customer is emerging and so i designed a a, a graphic in the book and on the website you can see it that shows you how how that's happening and the idea is that over time uh we'll wind up with the the age of the of the customer will completely override the age of the seller. And the reason I use the parallel universe example is because for a while, and my estimate is for maybe another five to ten years, for a while, some people will still be able to do some of their business with age of the seller practices. But as I say, as the age of the seller begins to continues to diminish, those opportunities will get less, will become less and less. And and so the, the I, I try to show graphically how to think about your the way you used to do business and the way you are going to are need you should be doing business now and the way you're going to be do to do business. It's possible, Jordan, that some people have customers who still like the age of the seller practices, but more but those people are they're either adapt adopting the age of the customer. Capabilities, or they're dying, <laughs> or or or, and and they're going to go away. And so, ultimately, um, everyone who does business with you, every one of your customers, will ultimately have age of the customer expectations. And if you're the longer you go without making the adjustment, then 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 the more irrelevant you're going to become, and, and the more likely you are to fail, and ultimately you will fail. Um, and and that's 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 because you just run out of headroom. You just literally run out of people to do business with. Tell us the difference between visionary sellers and hidebound sellers in this environment today. Well, hidebound sellers are well, – well, well, let me give you an example. Here, here's, a, here's a really good example. The book business. You're, you're, you're the author of, 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 of a couple of dozen books. You've sold thousands, hundreds of thousands of copies. You've been very successful but you and you've dealt with with the big publishing companies right and and you know that they are if there ever was an industry that was age of the seller thinking it's it's the big publishers because they still they still 
think that they have the kind of control over over that that industry that they that they used to have. They don't have it anymore. Those guys, those guys are hidebound sellers, meaning that you 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 used this term earlier. You said, "What if you know what if, what if people don't want to make the change?" You you said, "I would think that this new thinking was was uh, would would be uh, uh, threatening to them." You know, and you, and you said that, but if somebody if somebody didn't know you, you they think you were think you were thinking, "Well, the age of the customer is optional." It's not. It's not optional at all, and so consequently, uh, you've got you've got industries like uh, like the publishing industry. Uh, look at the newspaper industry, Jordan. I mean, look at the 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 Denver Post is not even a print newspaper anymore. So those are examples of hidebound sellers. Now, visionary sellers are the people who look at look at what's happening. Either they read my book or. Or they figured it out on their own, and they're and they're and they're aware that their customers have new expectations, and we we can talk about those expectations in a little bit. But they've got they're realizing that uh, their old marketing approach, their old way of going about cu- doing dealing with customers and and finding customers and selling them and and that sort of thing. Their their visionary sellers realize that that old way is not working anymore. And they start making adjustments. They start noticing what their customers want. They start asking their customers what they want. And they start making adjustments, which and a lot of which includes using technology. Give me an example right. or two, Jim, of some visionary sellers that are doing it right today and therefore pro- profiting and prospering as a result of that. Well, I'll give, I'll give you an example um, of one that, I, that I, I just happen to know about. And, and uh, my friend Steve Forbes' company, as you know, He's got a hundred-plus-year-old company, the Forbes magazine, the the the, uh, uh, the legendary Forbes magazine. Well, they were a print company for a hundred years, right? Well, as he over the last ten years, as he has talked to me on my show, he's talked to me about how his company's made an adjustment, and they've gone. You know, they've literally gone from from uh, they've gone from uh, being all print to uh, to becoming. Uh, Pretty much mostly digital. I mean, I know they still produce a magazine, but I remember him talking over the years, over the last six or seven years. I remember one year, one one day, he was on my show and he said, "Guess what? We just became profitable in our online in our online business." And that was two or three years after they launched it. So they've made they've made the shift, and so so they. But what they did, and this comes back to the parallel universe part, Jordan, they didn't abandon the age of the seller. And then, and then switch, turn, turn the switch and become all age of the customer. They, they, it's, it's what I call one foot on the dock, one foot in the boat. And you're, the, the boat's leaving the dock. That boat, the boat is the age of the customer. It's leaving the dock. And you have to know when to step off of the dock and commit yourself to the boat. Does that make Can you sense? give me an example of a, a business that has completely stepped off the old dock and gone to the new boat and completely stopped being age of the seller and gone completely with the age of the customer. Um. Well, I'm, I would say I would say, and this is a, this is a this is a company. I would say that, um, and and I, you know, I'm not usually in the business of of bragging on newspapers, but but the Denver Post did it out of out of uh, out of requirement. I mean, they they literally couldn't print their magazine their their newspaper anymore and be successful. I don't know whether they're successful now or not, but they're completely. You know they're completely digital now. Um, yeah. I'm I'm trying to think of somebody who's completely gone that way. Most most of the people who are completely age of the seller, 100 percent, are probably the newer companies that that have literally launched in the last five or ten years. Age most of the customer, of them, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, most, I mean, yeah, most exactly. What? They're age of the. They're, they've been. They've been. Uh, they've launched. One, in the, one that would come to mind would be would be like Yelp or something where it's pretty much a lot of user generated content that, with reviews. That is a classic age of the customer company. They but see they Yelp has no age of the seller practices. They have no baggage. See the yes. the problem for this is the is the baggage. Right? Because um for, I'll give you I'll give you an example. My own company I started broadcasting in November of 97. In January of '98, I had the ability to to simulcast online, and and even though I'd only been broadcasting two months on the radio, I immediately ex- uh, adopted the uh, the capability to simulcast, and I've been simulcasting ever since. So you could say that I've been in a in a, in a parallel universe 
situation. And the day will come, one day, the day will come when terrestrial radio will, will give way completely to, uh, you know, to, uh, to online radio. Um, We're doing online remember, radio right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, and, and see, I, I remember when, if you were a, a broadcaster, and you, brought, and you simulcast your show, you really ticked off the, the terrestrial radios, radio stations, but then it wasn't long, three or four years later, that terrestrial radio started, broad, started simulcasting their own feeds on their own websites. And so that was them becoming visionary. That was them realizing that the age of the customer practices are not optional Oh, uh, and and they they were getting they were getting requests from their their listeners, saying, well, you know what, I'd like to be able to hear you on when I'm on my on my computer or whatever when I'm not in my car or, or and and so they realized that their customers had new expectations, and they started meeting those expectations with age of the customer practices. Very good. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Jim Blassingame. Uh, he's the author of a new book called The Age of the Customer, and there's a website for that, which is ageofthecustomer.com. He's also the host of a national radio show called The Small Business Advocate Radio Show, and the website for that is smallbusinessadvocate.com. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. In sales, are you a lion or a vulture? Lions don't wait. They just go for it. Vultures hang around until the lions are finished and just pick up the scraps. How can you set yourself apart as a lion? Join the other aspiring sales lions and listen to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with host Ty Maynard. You'll learn the tips and strategies of top sales professionals. You'll gain more clients at a faster rate and at higher margins. If you're a sales professional, business owner, or executive, listen in every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Is your business model robust enough? In today's ever-changing business environment, people are working to transform themselves, their futures, and their business. Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lynn. To stay ahead of the game in business, you have to constantly reinvent yourself and your organization. With Nancy's experience and that of her guest experts, you'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, and forward thinking. Listen for Business Reinvention, live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour, Jim Blassingame, is the author of a new book called The Age of the Customer. There is a website for that, which is ageofthecustomer.com. He's also the host of a national radio show called the Small Business Advocate Radio Show. His website there is smallbusinessadvocate.com. Welcome back to the show, Jim. Thanks, Jordan. It's good to be back with you again, and I just want to congratulate you on your show, and I want to congratulate your audience on having you available to them because you've You've had you've uh, uh, just deposited quite a bit of wisdom with my audience over the years, and and your your folks are, are are fortunate to have you available to them. Well, I appreciate it. So let's talk about being relevant, and this is a big part of making a business successful. How do you make your business relevant in the lives of customers that would help that business thrive? Well, here's let's go back to the to the to the origin of this idea, Jordan. Have you? Have you ever gone to, I'm sure you've gone online looking for a pair of shoes or, a, or, or something. Yes. And you type the name into Google, the, the, the thing you want into Google, 
and you hit the hit the enter button, and up pops Amazon with 129 different examples of that product. Or Google has its own system like like that now. And have you noticed that of the 129, there won't be three dollars worth of difference between any of them? Yes. Yes. Okay. So what does that say about being competitive? Does that tell you that being competitive is a commodity now? Yeah, they're all pretty much the same, right? Exactly. So that's the reason why I say whether you're selling submarine uh, sandwiches or submarines, pretty much the competitive model is still important. You still can't be off the charts. You still can't be, you know, you still have to be in line. You still have to be competitive. But where in the age of the seller, Jordan, you and I grew up in an age when, when we came aboard the marketplace when being competitive was the corner of the realm, and that was the that was the thing you woke up thinking about every day. How can I be more competitive? Well, now being competitive is merely table stakes. And so, how do we differentiate ourselves? What are the things that we can do once we establish being competitive? What are the things we can do to differentiate ourselves with our with our with with our prospects, with our suspects, and our prospects and our customers? And and what I what I believe is is that we have to find a way. Not just to be competitive, but to be relevant to them. And for for example, for example, um, I, I I was going to buy a uh, I, I was going to go play golf one day, and uh, I was going to buy some golf balls. Well, lo and behold, literally on the way to the golf course, a man that I know who has a golf shop in another city texted me and and gave me and and, and gave me a little a little short thing about a golf ball sale. On, on, on a certain kind of golf ball. And he said, do you want this? And he already had my credit card. He had my shipping address. All I had to do was, was, uh, was answer his reply by typing the letter Y. He made it easy for took, you. He yeah. took care of everything else, right? Well, my, the pro at my, golf show, at my golf club had the same offer. And even though he had the same offer... I had to ask him about it. He didn't tell me about it. I asked him about it, and he, he told me he did. But the, the point here is the other guy got to me first because he knew I had my mobile phone with me. He knew it was a smartphone. He knew that we'd done business this way before. He got to me before I got to my club. He made the sale even though their price was the same. So in many cases, it's knowing about the customer in a timely way, if if it's a restaurant, that's part of that's part you know of the customers no walking what, by. That kind of thing. No one what they like. Let me let me give you another example. Let's say let's say that you've got uh, let's say that you've got um, customers that you know that 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 read that find your ad in the paper or on the radio, and then but but all of a sudden you realize, wait a minute, how come I'm not reaching certain a certain number of customers anymore? And so the next time you see them, somebody you know. Oh, by the way, I, I realize you haven't been in lately. Haven't you seen my ads? Oh, I don't read the I don't read the paper like that anymore. Uh, I get all my mail through through uh, all my news through the through online. And you say, well, oh, would you would you like me to send you an email? And the person says, sure. That's how I get my information from people I do business with now. Well, yeah. you weren't relevant to him, even though you were running your ads, all that. You weren't relevant to that person. You were. He didn't care that you that you were still competitive. So now you got his email. Now you can say, "Hey, we've got new stuff in. We got a sale, or or maybe." And the next person wants you to tweet them. The next person wants you to send something on on uh, on Twitter. Somebody else wants you to mail them. Who knows what they want? The point is, everybody, the customers get to have it their way, and they have these new expectations because of all this new capability. And here's the here's the relevance nightmare for a lot of people. You can become irrelevant and never even know it because people can look at you, evaluate you online. They can, they can check out what other people say about you. They can rule you in or out, and you never even know they exist. And that's yeah. the reason why online you have to be, you have to put your best foot forward you have to make sure you think like a customer, not like yourself. You have to make sure your, pro, your, your technology is good for them. It's not just good for you. All of those things are relevance factors. And there's, another, there's, there's, a, there's one more that's a big deal, and that's trust. Trust is a huge relevance factor. And, uh, it's, and it's, not as, it's, not a, it's not as big in the competitive factor as it, as it is 
in, in the relevance factor. Because I'll give, you, I'll give you a quick example. If somebody's thinking about buying something from two companies, they, they've narrowed it down to the Super Bowl, here these two teams are going to fight it out for each other. One of them has all the product array and a pretty good price, maybe even the best price. Another company that they're looking at has the same product array. They're a little bit more expensive. But that second company has a video of the owner talking about how to use this product. It's 90 seconds long. It's not even a very good video. Well, the, the customer is connecting with that face and voice. That's relevance. The other one is just being competitive. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Now, you say that, that there are different ways of looking at what influences buying decisions, and people are looking at communities today instead of demographics. Explain the difference between the two. In the past, the age of the seller model, as you know, Jordan, um, the, the Madison Avenue metaphor for, for, uh, for uh, influencing people also included, um, cer- it included certain things that were known about demographics. In other words, if you were 35 to 54 male, they pretty much knew how you were going to behave because because that's you know you were you were married educated or not you were you know you had 2.6 kids and et cetera and maybe they even knew about you were they had you more further dissected into into income ranges so they kind of knew how you acted well demographics are still valuable but today Jordan you and I can join communities think of a hobby that you have that you now can join a community and hang out with those people in that community and learn about products, learn about companies, learn about solutions, uh, learn about new things, that kind of thing. Well, there was a time when you had to get that information from advertising, from marketing, right? And you, and you, had, and you basically believed them or, didn't, or you didn't believe them. Now, you're, you're people, customers are being influenced, uh, pros, suspects and prospects and customers are being influenced by their participation in communities, including online communities. And so, the communities are all over the world. They're not just in a local exactly, area. They're, they're communities exactly, based on exactly, interests, not on location. That's exactly right. And, and see, so, so here's the thing, Jordan. If, if I said, if I advertised that I had the, the, the freshest salad bar in town at my restaurant, I call this the nuh-uh factor. I had the freshest salad bar in town, and... Uh, and you, in your community, uh, people who love salad bars, the, the salad bar community uh, that you were part of because you love different kinds of salad, you went on there and you were hanging out with your, your friends and somebody said, that Jim Blassingame, he doesn't have a, he says he has a fresh salad bar, but he really doesn't. Are you going to believe my marketing message or are you going to believe that person in your community? 20 well, years you... ago, 10 years ago, you couldn't, you couldn't have talked to that person probably to find out that they... That, that my salad bar wasn't fresh, but now you how do you how do you weed out cranks and people who are lying or even malicious uh, competitors trying to badmouth their their competition? That happens. Uh, I don't know about other people, but I can kind of read between the lines a lot of times. You can kind of see that, and I'll t- and I'll tell you something else. One of the things I do if the, if it's a if it's a product that has quite a bit of reviews and there's maybe maybe ten reviews and 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 seven are great, and two are not so great, and one's awful. I kind of do a ratio thing. Does that make sense? You know, I mean, and and uh, you can you can kind of tell when somebody has a legitimate complaint, and when it's just uh, somebody who's trying to cause trouble. And usually, you don't see a bunch of those troublemakers. You might see some, but you don't see most of them. But that is one. Your 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 point is well taken. That is one of the issues to deal with. I mean, there are even firms today that will supposedly uh, clean up your reputation, reputation defender, things like that. They'll do that. They will do that, and, and, and that's a good thing. And I'll tell you something else. If you're caught, if you're a company and you're caught, um, uh, you know, zapping a competitor, you can get in a lot of trouble with that. So is that happening a lot, that uh, people are I responding to this? It happens a lot, but I'm sure it happens some. But, you know, that's... That's been going on for a long time. I mean, I remember calling on people, and they tell me that a competitor just left, and and said I was, you know, I was uh, everything up into a serial killer. You know, they, they said I, they said all kinds of bad things. But that's been going on for a long time. Yeah, yeah, but now it gets broadcast more widely, more quickly that's in a way that didn't really in the past. That's, that's one. Of, that's that's the leverage of the age of the customer. Exactly. 
Now you have a chapter called "What's Love Got to Do with It?" So how can you engender love on the part of your business uh, from consumers? Well, for a long, long time, even probably this may have been the first notion for the for the book. Uh, I started telling my audience, my in my writing and my on my show, that it's okay to fall in love with what you do, the industry you're in, the products you sell. It's okay to fall in love with what you do, but you can't fall in love with how you do it. And if you think of, if somebody said, okay, tell me the essence of the age of the customer in, in, you know, in 10 seconds, I'd say, you can't, you can fall in love with what you do, but you can't fall in love with how you do it. I'll give you four seconds back. And, and the point there is, um, think, as I said, look, look at, look at the publishing industry, look at the broadcast industry, um, look at, uh, any, any, you know, look at, look at, uh, look at the, 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 the government. Um, look at the financial industry, Jordan. Look at look at how, if you were in the financial, if you were a, an investment advisor uh, twenty years ago, you were a stockbroker, probably, right? How many stockbrokers do you know right now that, who actually call themselves stockbrokers? They're still doing a lot of the same things. They they fell in love with what they did, but they didn't fall in love with how they did it. Yeah, they're all financial advisors today. And okay, yeah, we have we have what? to take a break. If they, yeah. love, if they fell in love with how they did it, they're not in business anymore. Okay, indeed. Those are the hidebound. Uh, those are the hidebound guys. Indeed. All right, we have to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Jim Blassingame. His new book is called The Age of the Customer. There is a website related to the book, which is ageofthecustomer.com. He's also the host of a national radio show called the Small Business Advocate Radio Show, and he's got a website for that too, which is smallbusinessadvocate.com. We'll be back after this. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Are you looking for innovative ideas on how to achieve your financial dreams? Tune in to Empirical Investing Radio every Thursday afternoon at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Join certified financial planners Ken Smith and Ethan Broga to learn how you can obtain financial success. You'll be entertained while you discover techniques to alleviate your financial concerns. Empirical Investing Radio, every Thursday at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Hi, I'm Joe Swedish, CEO of WellPoint. We proudly support the March of Dimes and all they do to reduce the rate of premature birth in the United States. Though premature births have recently declined, still half a million babies are born too soon each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs that help moms and their babies live healthier lives. Please visit marchofdimes.com and join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. Uh, my guest this hour is Jim Blassingame. He's the author of The Age of the Customer, uh, and there's a website related to that, ageofthecustomer.com. He's also the host of a national radio show called The Small Business Advocate Radio Show. His website there, smallbusinessadvocate.com. Welcome back to the show, Jim. Thanks, Jordan. I've enjoyed being with you today. Let's talk about it for a moment from the point of view of the customer. If you're a customer wanting to buy something, how can you best take advantage of this age of the customer by plugging into uh, all these reviews and social media? I I want people to be fully empowered by this new age they're in now. 
Well, here's the interesting thing about that question, uh, Jordan. They don't really have to do anything but just live their lives. And, and here's what I mean by that. I was being interviewed by someone the other day who was writing an article about the, my book. And there's a young lady. She's probably in her late 20s or so. And she says, you know, I really never knew any of this stuff was going on. And I said, well, are you doing this? She said, yeah. I said, are you doing that? She said, yeah. So I named off four of the things, four or five of the things that customers are doing these days to put age of the customer expectations on companies. She said, yes, I'm doing all those things. I said, are you thinking about it? She said, no, I'm just doing it because I like it I'm, I'm, I, I ha- because I can. I said, well, that's the point. That's the reason why the book is necessary because people are doing it without thinking about it. Customers are doing it without really thinking about it. Nobody's mad at anybody. Your customers, if you're, if you're a business, your customers aren't mad at you when they don't come back. It's just that they got a better deal somewhere. You became irrelevant to them, Jordan. And so... So the the thing is, the thing here's what people are doing though. As you know, this year it was announced that it's it's no more expensive now to make a smartphone than it is a dumb phone. So that means that very soon you won't be able to buy a dumb phone. You'll be all phones will be smart, and that means all of them have will have uh, apps. Jordan, I'm sure you've got a smartphone. I'm sure you use apps. I use yep. it too. And mm-hmm. so that's one of the ways that I that that's one of the ways companies can be relevant to me. And so, if if I'm a customer, if I'm if I'm a customer of, of some, for some product, and I go and I go to their website on my smartphone, and and I and I go to their website, I, I do a Google search and I click on their website. If it comes up and not in the the mobile format, then it's hard for me to see. Right? I've got a problem dealing with it, so it's smaller. Now they may have a better price. So I'm gonna I may I may come back to them, but I might not because I'm gonna go to the next person in, in the Google search, and that person has a has a web enabled website. I mean I'm sorry, a mobile enabled website, and it comes up. It's, it's beautiful, full screen. It's got all the essential stuff, and a, and a, a call here button and and directions and all that. Well, they're now relevant to me. Well, that's the one I'm going to be attracted to. That's what I'm makes it easier for the customer. Company yeah. And, and so my point is, this is what companies, this is what customers are doing these days. This is just a mobile example of what customers are doing. That that and and they're not even thinking about it. They're not. They're not. They're, I promise you, folks, they're not mad at you. They just you just have now become irrelevant to them. How have the rules of selling changed in the age of the customer? This is a business to business thought that I'm going to give you right now. Jordan, and the point I want to make here is when I was selling um, many, many years ago, when I was selling for companies like Xerox and, and Sears and, and people like that, I would call on people who expected to be called on all day long by vendors. Because as you remember in the first segment, I told you that when we were coming up, we were our customers' Internet. We brought them all the information they needed. So they were looking forward to me coming. So if I wanted to call on someone I've never met before and sell them something, it would be pretty easy for me to get in the door. It didn't take long to get in the door. There was almost there was very little firewall between me and the decision maker, especially because, especially for those of us who were professionals, we were really good at it. But it would take longer to make the sale. So if you divide if you divide a selling cycle into a, over a period of time, let's say six months, it might take me two weeks. Or me, either anywhere from no 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 time to a month, maybe to get through the door. But it would take me five weeks, five months, maybe to sell them. Well, that's because customers needed me to tell them stuff, and they needed multiple people to tell them what they needed so they could make a decision. Today, as you know, Jordan, when people, when business decision makers, when they when they're ready to make a decision, they've already done a lot of research. They've done online research. They've had an employee maybe do some survey, some work for them. So they're pretty much well down the road by the time they even by the time you even make contact. So it takes longer, it takes more steps, it takes it takes more connecting with the prospect to get through what I call the relevance firewall. Now there is a relevance firewall for B two B customers. And so so that six months, it might take you three months to get in the door to, to where you can qualify them as a prospect. But once you get in, you're going to be one of a lot fewer than the, than there were in the old days. Because they've already researched it. One or two. And then now it may only take three months to close because they're so 
they, they've already pre-qualified you. They pre-qualified themselves, self-qualified themselves. And see, this is what's happening, I'm afraid, to a lot of business-to-business companies. They think, they're, they think that they're not executing well. They think they're not working hard enough. And they're creating a lot of, a lot of casualties among their people when the truth is what's going on is they're still trying to sell customers with age of the seller selling practices. And those rules have changed. Let's talk briefly, we have about two minutes to go, about social media and the use of social media as a business and how you should use it as a consumer. Well, if you're a, if you're a business owner, social media is not an option. It's, 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 uh, it's going to be required of you because this is where you're going to increasingly meet people is through, through this method and, and through, through these, these, these tools. So I encourage you, and there are, there are lots and lots of experts, social media experts out there, I talk to many of them on my show. Jordan, you probably have done the same thing. Um, there are lots of books out there. There are a lot of people you can talk to. But here's, here's the thing about, about social media. I don't – I use Twitter. I use Facebook. I use LinkedIn. I use Google. I use YouTube. Uh, we do all those things, but I don't trust them because, Jordan, you're a financial expert. You know that the people they're beholding to – are the people who, who want, want to know what their, their share price is, not, not, not their users. How many times have users woke, awakened in the morning to go on their Facebook or their Twitter page and they find out the rules have changed? They're, they're beholden to, to Wall Street, basically. And so here's what I tell business owners. It's okay to build a platform, to build community in these, on these platforms. Use them all you want. But make sure that when you meet someone there, that you develop a relationship with them in a parallel universe that you, where you also know where, who they are, what their, what their other contact information is. Because if you wake up one morning and you can't get to them on Facebook, you can't get to them on Twitter, you're not out of business. You see what I mean? This is like creating your own email database of your own customers that way. You mean. Jordan, do you remember something we used to call customer lists? Yes. <laughs> that's, right. that's what it is, prospect lists. I'm saying, I'm saying this is an old school backup. I'm saying make sure that if you meet somebody on LinkedIn that you also have their information somewhere else in case Twitter goes down or LinkedIn goes down or they, they get mad at you or you get mad at them or the customer gets mad at them, even worse, right? Your prospect gets mad at them. You can still, you're not out of business. You haven't wasted all that time. Don't put all your eggs in their basket. Use their basket, but don't put all your eggs in their basket. Very good. Well, this has been fascinating. I'm a heretic when it comes to social media. Very good. Uh, well, it's been fascinating. My guest this hour has been Jim Blassingame. His new book is called The Age of the Customer. There is a website related to that, which is ageofthecustomer.com. He's also a uh, national radio show host. His book, show is called The Small Business Advocate Radio Show, and his website there is smallbusinessadvocate.com. It's been fascinating, and I think you really got, got onto something here, Jim, and I think a lot of people got a lot out of this interview today. So thanks Thank so much you, for George. being on the show. Thank you, and come back. I'm looking forward to getting you back on my show. Very good. Thanks so much, and this has been The Money Answer Show. We'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.